Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Caro. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We've also got our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, and review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, this is going to be a special podcast. We got episode 46, and we are sitting here on the second floor in a conference room of my favorite brewery of all time, and I'm on a cloud nine right now. I, I absolutely love this. We are on Balmoral in Chicago at Half Acre, sitting with one of the co-owners and co-founders, Matt. Thanks for joining us today, brother. Oh, uh, yeah. Thanks for making the drive out. What, do you want a cloud of daisy cutter right now? <laughs> I know it's your nine, favorite. Brew. Nine daisy cutters. Yeah, nine. <laughs> a whole pallet full. Whole pallet full. So we just awesome. got the we just got the mini tour. It was super special. Really cool to see the background stuff. We're going to jump into that in a little bit. Uh, Garrett, you kind of like Half Acre as well, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. How's I mean, that tome tasting? I mean, the tome's like a top three beer all time for me. So it's freshy, uh, fresh. I looked at the date. It's two weeks old. Love it doesn't it. get really much better than this. This is also like one of the coolest. Um, and largest breweries that we've been to as a group. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just keeps going. No, it's you, you think like around the corner, this is the end, but it's just, you turn a corner and then it's like another mile down. It's like a full square city block. It's awesome. It's Very it's impressive. Awesome. How many how many acres are you sitting on? <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good question. I should know that, but I do not. That's right. <laughs> uh, you could probably put in a par three here. I didn't, I didn't put it in the docket, sorry. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately for Johnny, we're not sitting at the Captain Morgan Distillery right now. I apologize <sighs> for that. We'll, we'll have to do that some other time. Some other time. Where is that? that? We'll... We'll have to research that as well. We should definitely go there. Yeah. We'll see if they want to come on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Sipping Social, we'd like to uh, welcome Matt uh, onto the show. Uh, he's the co-owner, co-founder, and engineer of Half Acre. Engineer, yeah. I was always a bit afraid of title, so I always went with engineer. Oh, it's uh, great. It's great so, title. Yeah. Uh, Garrett's the engineer of the podcast. Mike was concerned that you guys were having a tough time uh, hiring people, so that's why you had to be the engineer as well. <laughs> that's a damn lion, you know it. Uh, well, uh, Matt, thanks for joining us. We got lots to ask you, lots to learn about you, but before we get into it, what are we uh, sipping on today? I got a freshy fresh Vallejo out of the massive beer cooler that's uh, about a half a football field away from us. Johnny, what you I got? I got the tone, the hazy pale ale. It's less than a few days old, so it's freaking delicious. Oh, the tone is so good. I got the same thing. Uh, Daisy Cutter for me. Beautiful. Cheers, yeah, boys. Cheers. cheers. Let's have some fun. Have a nice little podcast. Have and, a good uh, one. It's awesome. It's also interesting sitting at this table where usually, like, you're, Mike, you're off to my right, and so I'm not necessarily staring at you in the face, but this time I'm staring across the table right at you. So you get to, get to look at there's my no, beautiful no, blue eyes. There's no, there's no place for me to hide. I get to lock eyes now. <laughs> you can check out my sweet collared shirt. <laughs> Um, we'll have to, when this is really successful and the most listened to episode ever, we'll have to have Matt down to the social underground studio so we can actually see John's basement bar and all oh, the whiskey yeah. that, that oh, Garrett's yeah. donated over the years. And, and bring uh, a brewer with you. Uh, big fan of basement bars. Cool. Well, you'd like to see John's. He's got lots of stuff to drink down there. I posted that on a, uh, on a basement uh, bar forum and everybody thought it looked like the Cheers bar. So that may put an image in your mind of kind of how like the... The lighting is in the dark wood. Yeah. Mm, beautiful, beautiful image in my mind. <laughs> Did you take that? That's a pretty good compliment, right? Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, they weren't. I don't think they were burning me. No, that's cool. I think they were like, yeah, that's a good space. That's cool. 
Awesome. Uh, we're going to dive right into talking to Matt. That's uh, ultimately why we're here. So uh, we're just going to load up some questions for you and, uh, and drink some beer while you talk. Um, with those three facets that you are, what's your favorite part of the job and what really grinds your gears when it comes to this industry and what you do? Um, I just love making beer. Um, so <clears throat> that my favorite part of my job is putting in the work, showing up, uh, grinding it out. And, uh, at the end of the day, you're like, yep, this is what we did today. Cool. Um, but yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like when you were walking us around the property, you didn't like stop smiling once <laughs> the <laughs> entire time describing the facility and, and kind of running us through the whole deal and explaining the, uh, the operation you have here. So it, it, it shows on your face how much you appreciate working here. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, but the, the, the favorite part is, I mean, the favorite part of uh, half acre for me is the people for sure. Um, it's just fun. You know, it's just uh, coming into work every day is mostly coming in and wanting to hang out with all these uh, yahoos who are just, it's just <laughs> a lot of, a lot of shit talking, you know, just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of goofing around, but you know, taking the work seriously and uh you know, I was on the canning line today, so it was, uh, you know, it was fun stacking cases. Nice. Um, so yeah, that's my, my favorite part is the repetition of it and just, uh, you know, the, the manufacturing of, of something, uh, and especially something that people enjoy. <laughs> How many, um, employees do you, uh, have working here? I mean, we walked through the whole property and there was like an office wing, there was like the brewing wing, there was the canning wing. I mean, there was the restaurant wing. So like how many people you employ in here yeah a lot of wings yeah um, but yeah I think we're around probably we kind of hover around 110 115 wow. these days really um, you know with coming out of COVID it's it's been a little shaky but yeah we're we're basically back to where we were pre-COVID in terms of employee headcount um, so yeah it's it's a good amount of people uh, and it's a lot of opportunity to uh, interact with uh, a lot, lot of fun folks <laughs> 110 people makes you really rethink where you're doing your Christmas party at uh, it's yeah, way more expensive that way. It's yeah. funny you bring that up because it's always been here. Uh, that sounds I mean, dangerous. When we were a smaller company, we used to go places, and then it was like uh, we have this big place that we can do whatever we want. Let's just do it here. Uh, but then this year, for the first time—not the first time, but the first time in recent memory—we uh, had it at Metropolitan Brewing, so it was a nice little dynamic to nice. uh, mix it up and, and go somewhere else and. Um, you know, still let loose, but uh, not be at work. <laughs> our uh, our owners found out a long time ago it's better to oh. go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, because we the amount of the shit show that was going on was just once ugly. or twice at one of the restaurants, yeah. and it was never again. I think yeah. someone like got ran over by their own car. It was not, it's good. not good. No. <laughs> now the, the unfortunate part is now we go somewhere else, and then they just have after hours at one place at like two a.m. Oh, and yeah. that's an even worse idea because then you got somebody jumping on the grill to make burgers you get the bartender behind the bar pouring out shots of buffalo trace when nobody needs them and they're not even necessarily a bartender they don't know what they're doing either (laughs) whatever yeah what's what's a christmas party like here when like hey we're doing it at the brewery who's got to work it like that's got to be the worst job it's that's a good question that is a very Uh, good question we we have a party planning committee okay uh of folks who you know volunteer their time to uh, help uh, organize it, plan it, and execute it, uh, and it's 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 not always pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Can I throw my name in the hat yeah. to work I would next bar- year's I would Christmas party? I sure. definitely bartend. I, I think at this point we may want to outsource that to, to you all. I, uh, we're I'm in. sipping social podcasts is volunteering <laughs> yeah, to, to work. That. We're just going to leave a mic 
on record the whole time, like up above everybody, just no, to catch the John's going to walk around with a tape recorder around his neck and just <laughs> yeah. solo interview people. Just interview all night. Like the 1983 reporter at the Bulls <laughs> yeah, games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and actually have it sound like that, too. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, uh, recorded by a crappy microphone and like some sort of, yeah. A little potato action. And, yeah, yeah, if yeah. the wire is uh, longer than three feet, we're doing something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, the, uh, your industry is extremely competitive so many microbreweries especially in chicago it was um, like one right down the street yeah what uh <laughs> besides making the great beer that you make um what are some of the things that you guys try to do to stay competitive in the market that's not necessarily beer related uh that is a very good question because yeah it is tough to you know differentiate yourself and uh as you all know you go to the go to the the bar or the liquor store and it's just a wall of beer uh, with crazy labels that you can't even read. <laughs> so it's like, how are we gonna get people's attention? Um, but you know, for us, I mean, I guess I don't have a good answer for it other than we just try to do things that we like. Um, you know, authenticity is a big word that we toss around nice. a lot. And it's just like, what are we into? What do we feel good about? Who do we like working with? Um, what looks cool to us? Um, oh, so that's not created in-house here? Um, the authenticity? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, maybe I, I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't hear the question when I was moving the mic in. Were you talking about the artwork or the just overall feel of the place? So we were talking about Johnny. Well, let me catch you up to my, speed. My we were asking about, besides making great beer, what other things do you do to stay ahead of the competition? Okay. So it was a general question. I thought it was yeah. about, yeah, but he was talking about in-store and having the beers in-store. Well, he was just talking selecting. about authenticity okay. as yeah. far as what they do and what they put out on Gotcha. Yeah. I thought it was, okay. Let's yeah. do another my bad. Yeah. So have another rumps. I thought it was about the artwork. Um, well, that's part of it though, right? I mean, <laughs> you brought the, that up. So yeah. The artwork is a big part of it. Um, and that's something my partner Gabe from the beginning was just laser focused on. Um, and, um, you know, it's a huge part of our identity, um, how things look. Uh, the number of logos that we've had over the years is, is uh, staggering. <laughs> Uh, and, and it's just like, you know, always keeping it interesting and again, always keeping it exciting to us. And, uh, when we, when we talk about beers here, it's like, you know, is it hidden in inside the walls? When we make, when we make a beer, it's like, Mm. are people stoked on it? Or are they kind of like giving it the side eye? Um, so our goal always is to do something that we're all stoked on. And we always feel kind that's kind of our guiding light is like, if the folks here are stoked on it, then then we are are in a good spot. I like that. The, the standard is if people are stoked in house, good to go. It's not yeah. a word I hear enough anymore. Yeah, stoked. Oh, I thought you were talking about standard. No, that's you. Oh yeah, but stoked for sure. Yeah, so that that's an awesome like yeah. standard to have. People in house drinking it. If it's boom, people are loving it, then you know it's good to go, right? Well, I also yeah. think you talked about like authenticity, like being excited about a beer, and like you're not putting something out that's that you're not excited about. The I do think that as like serving people beer uh, when they don't know the brand, the, the name of the beer or like the type of beer, they might see like it's an IPA from Half Acre. They're like, oh, I've had Half Acre before. I liked it. I'll try this one too. So I think that is pretty important. Yeah, I think for me, the eye test to kind of talk about what you're talking about is if people come in at our restaurants and just see 12 handles up there and they just say, I'll have the Half Acre. They don't even look at the beer menu. You know, they just know that they're going to get a good quality beer. Yeah. There's for us, there's three or four breweries that we can throw a handle on, and people don't care. 
it's not that they don't care. They just know that they're going to get a good beer by requesting that handle. You know what I mean? And you guys are definitely in that realm for sure. They start, you start listing off the, what's on, on tap because they're too lazy to look at the menu. And yeah. Like, this is this is the one that's right here. Half a, yeah, I'll have that. I'll have the half yeah. acre. Yeah. yeah. It's money. You yeah. don't even tell me what the name is. Yeah. Uh, to continue talking about beer, um, since you're heavy handed on the making of the beer here, is there a certain beer style that's like kind of hard for you to brew or harder for you to brew or maybe a beer that sticks out where you're like, mm, that was tough and we nailed it? Totally. Uh, there's plenty of beer styles that we uh, struggle with uh, that we've frankly given up on. <laughs> you know, a lot of the Belgian styles okay. uh, are just beers that you got to be in a different mindset. You got to be focused on it. <clears throat> uh, they're beers that we love. We love to drink them. Uh, but you know, we, we struggle with like, even like a Belgian golden ale. It's like it, the, the key to it, it's just so esoteric. It's like, it's the yeast, it's the fermentation. It's the whole, it's the whole package in terms of like, how are you approaching this kind of beer? Hmm. Uh, and, and they're tough and we, we love them. We appreciate them and we admit that we don't do a great job with them. That's, I mean, that, that kind of speaks volumes about knowing your lane and, like, what you guys are good at, that you've tried things. Um, our owners always tell us, like, for cocktails and stuff, you know, try something once. If it doesn't work, don't do it again. They're not you know upset I mean? that you tried it. Right. They're not upset that you tried it, but they're glad that you did. Yeah. Um, but stop wasting product or wasting your time on something that we know we're not great at. You know what I mean? It yeah. also sounds like if you try a nice wheat beer like that and you really like it, you should appreciate that more mm. because a lot of breweries aren't. I mean, I think you guys do a great job. So if you, if they're not doing, other other brewers aren't doing it, then probably have the same problem. Yeah, I like the fact that they have the space to prototype on one magnificent piece of machinery, yeah, and then actually run on the other ones, right? I mean, you were talking about that platform, right? You said you were making kind of experimenting with some things on that while you were still doing runs on the other whole system you guys have, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you yeah. guys have the opportunity to sort of experiment with something. Well, on a high volume even before, you know, before we even make a huge run out of it. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's the goal is to be able to have, um, you know, some small scale ability to take some risks, you know, cause I think if you have an innovation, um, uh, goal and you're not taking risks, then you're not, you know, kind of doing it right. <laughs> so I agree with uh, that. Yeah. We always talk about like, you know, especially when we had at the Lincoln facility, I used to tell our brewer there, Stefan, like, uh, you are required to fail spectacularly like once or twice a year. Nice. You know? <laughs> that's, dude, that's great. I want, I want that kind that's of That's great empowerment, dude. That is awesome. Um, this is kind of a fun question I just threw in here on the Google Doc. So PBR just rolled out a 1,844 pack that literally requires a forklift to pick up. That sounds like a whole run for it, them. Well, it, it might be. Yeah. It might be. But when are you guys going to roll out a 1,844 pack of 16-ounce daisy cutters? It's like two stories tall. and yeah, uh, all in one piece of cardboard. One piece of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. And how can I get my name on the list for that? Um, you could charge me whatever, but they charge $900 for their 1,844 yeah, so I'll do pack. i for 901 for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if someone has the capability to pick that up from the brewery here and they want to buy it, uh, we, can, we can make that happen. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> I'll do it. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> we we got to find I'll a way to make I'll that happen. I'll rent the truck. It's just a U-Haul, right? Yeah. That's it. So that's actually a good segue to what, a question that I wanted to ask. What you got? I'm um, just walking through the whole space here. U-Haul truck. You guys obviously were in a different location than we are at now. How long did it take to move everything from the other facility here? Or did you just build new? Um, 
Like you must have had a, a lot of stock there that you had to bring over here. So like, what was the whole process like moving a whole company to another location? Yeah, it was, um, it was kind of a slow and steady situation. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of the equipment here was new. Uh, and then a lot of it came, we moved it from Lincoln. So it was kind of piecemeal in terms of um, the brew house here was new. Uh, we had a couple of new big tanks. But the canning line was the big thing to move. That was the big thing to try to transition of like, all right, we're going to stop canning on a Friday mm. at Lincoln. And then over the weekend, we got to get that thing up here so we can start canning on Monday. <laughs> really? Uh, so that, that, was, uh, that was a fun project that I did not lead. Uh, I observed. <laughs> he was like, uh, I also I had it for like six months. I got a vacation with the family. I got to go. Sorry, guys. Good luck. <laughs> Sorry, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, that, that, I mean, that's a great question because it, you know, it, it, it's, it, it took some sta- it took a lot of planning, uh, staggering things, emptying tanks, getting them moved up here. Uh, but again, it, it, it went back to the canning line. It was the most crucial part. Cause that was the thing that we did not, when we moved up here, we did not buy a new canning line. We essentially bought a new one of the same one that we had. And then we kind of doubled it up. Um, so it required moving that canning line from Lincoln up here. Um, and uh, it went well. So was everything else already in here, or was that the, kind of the first thing that was brought over because you needed that right away? It was, it was actually kind of, in terms of the beer production, it was kind of the last thing. So it was like we had the brew house up and running. We had some tanks here that we could, you know, brew beer into and ferment, and then um, once the beer was ready to package... Mm. Uh, we were able to um, get that canning line out of Lincoln up here and then um, run run some beer through it. When you were showing us the canning line earlier, you were talking about specifics of how many beers you can package per minute. Mm -hmm. Was it 216-ounce beers in a minute? That's about the rate that we can do, yeah. That's incredible. How many people does it take to, like, when it comes off the line, like, put it the little snap caps on top and then put it in the case? Yeah, yeah. Well, we have machines to do everything except for put the cases on pallets. Um, but no, it, but even so, it takes about, um, well, it takes about six people to operate that canning line. Um, it's massive. You can do it with less, uh, but it, it becomes a little bit of a... Uh, uh, a chore? A chore. So when you said you were running the canning line earlier, so the other five guys who were working with you, when they're like, oh, shit, the owner's here. He's doing it with it. I gotta keep. I gotta make sure I don't slack off. Or uh, how's that work? Well, are, it's, are they on their, are they on pin, pins and needles or what? The uh, the running joke is it's a bit of an undercover boss situation, you know. <laughs> nice. Uh, so they're like, oh, Gil's here. He's know? got the glasses with the nose <laughs> and, the, and the mustache. <laughs> yeah. Who's the new guy? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That was that was a joke for a while. <laughs> Why is he wearing flip flops? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we weren't allowed to have flip flops in the canning area. <laughs> exactly. You were not allowed to have flip flops in the canning area. <laughs> Um, speaking of canning beer, what's your favorite half-acre beer for you to drink right now? Uh, always a tough, ch- always a tough question. Um, but you know the uh, the beers I picked out for us today. You know, um, well, I mean, he grabbed a Daisy Cutter. Yeah, I know he's drinking Daisy Cutter. Yeah, and that's but, what he yeah. said. But so, but like, as far as your favorite half-acre beer right now, that, that's the one you go to. Uh, Daisy Cutter is, is something where I think for a lot of us, when, when, uh, the sort of that initial COVID shutdown hit, it was kind of like it in a, we- a very weird way, like refragmented people's brains. Hmm. And for a lot of us here at Half Acre, and I'm not alone here, was like, 
a lot of us just were not drinking a lot of Daisy Cutter. Uh, never bought it home, never had it at the brewery. You know, we wouldn't drink it at the brewery because we're like, you know, we're releasing like two beers a week. And it's like just trying to keep up with tasting every beer that we made, um, you know, was kind of like, oh, you got to try the new things. And then as soon as COVID hit, it was just like, holy shit, I like Daisy Cutter. Awesome. <laughs> so, That's cool, man. Uh, and it's kind of, it's, and, and that, that hasn't changed since, I mean, we've always, obviously Daisy Cutter is, is, is our brewery. It's, it's the beer that, um, it's, it's about half of our production. Uh, it's kind of the heart and soul of our brewery. Uh, in a very strange way, our equipment is designed to make Daisy Cutter. <laughs> it's I, like, I've kind of heard some off-shooting stories about how temperatures or dialing in for the new brewery, like this one that we're sitting at, yeah. was a little bit different than the old one. So it was kind of making Daisy Cutter a little bit different. And then you guys had adjusted it to what the old brewery was, which was not necessarily what you guys were trying to dial into is, are there, is there any truth to that or? Oh yeah. There was a lot of opinions uh, about what was going on. A lot of people weren't happy internally. Like Daisy's changed, man. You know, what's, what's going on? We lost it. And Uh, you're like, you guys haven't drank it in two years. You have no idea. (laughs) 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 Uh, But, but yeah, I mean for us, like Daisy Cutter has always been a beer that's like super resilient when we're dealing with uh, raw material shortages or, Certainly in the early days, hop shortages of like not being able to get certain hops. Uh, Daisy cutters always kind of kind of come around, and um, uh, yeah, for us now, it's 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 for sure the go-to for me and uh, a lot a lot of the folks here. I think it's a go-to for a lot of restaurants too. Like, I don't know what to put on. We'll put on Daisy cutter. Daisy cutter. Like it's like you walk a, into a bar, you don't recognize any of the other craft breweries or beers. Daisy Cutter. Yeah, it's always there. You just know what you're going to get. I feel like it's almost like a Chicago staple. Totally. Like Old Style or or Jameson or whatever. But it seems to be everywhere, and I always order it. Where does the naming influence come from for Daisy Cutter? Does it have to do with the second largest bomb that's named Daisy Cutter, or is there something different than that? Um it's yeah my partner Gabe it was like you know he had that name in his back pocket for for a while and uh you know when we were when we first made it it was like this this is the name um but you know when we re- originally started packaging it in in bombers in 22 ounce bombers um so that was kind of the tie in there where it's like um that's dope dude yeah it's so such it's, a good name for a beer yeah, yeah, good thing you use it on the one that you kept around for the longest time. Like, yeah. not just like a one-off. <laughs> it, that happens a lot where it's yeah. like you got a sick name and it's a one-off beer and the beer isn't so great and you're like, oh, man, we lost that name. <laughs> Should have used that name somewhere else. <laughs> uh, but also just like the floral component of it, you know, like that, that floral hop component is just like, ah, it's like, you know. So tasty. Cutting daisies, yeah. It's, it's the first craft beer that I really, really enjoyed. I'd had like... Not to throw out other like competitors' names, like Lagunitas, a little something, something, um, some of their other stuff. But then, and that was just super floral and a little bit too much for me. Boom! I came across Daisy Cutter probably 2009, 2010. Never looked back. It's my favorite craft beer of all time, and I know it's Garrett's too. Uh, besides Tome. Tome. All right, so Tome's number one. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to speak for you. Yeah, my I appreciate bad. that. My bad. Is your mic on over there? It's on. Yeah, okay. Tome. Tome for sure. <laughs> I Tom, I'm not uh, not like just keep blowing up smoke up your butt the entire uh, episode. But um, Tom literally got me through the eight eight weeks I had off for a pandemic. Yeah, I was going through about a case a week, ordering it through the restaurant and just buying it from them. And it like, cost. I was buying it from the restaurant. 
so like my kids were like crazy like all over each other and we had to go for like four walks every day <laughs> and i would grab a cigar and a tome and a four pack yeah oh, man. cigar and a four pack of tome i'd, be, two, I'd bring two beers with me and a cigar and maybe a flask but the uh Maybe you should have bought the $900 pallet. <laughs> I think it would have been more cost-effective for me, at least. That's for sure. It literally kept I, my garage fridge uh, a reason to keep up plugged in. Nice. Uh, what's the hot dog beer? Is that from the event that they did? Yeah, you guys made a beer just specifically for hot dogs, right? Was it for the Vienna Beef uh, social you guys did recently? What's up with this hot dog beer? Yeah. Uh, uh, I thought it was hilarious. Totally. A hot dog beer. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, you know, Vienna beef is, is such a Chicago institution. Uh, so we were just like, we, we, I mean, I personally love hot dogs. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, it's like, what's your favorite, favorite food? Hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Hot dogs for pizza, uh, right? One so or the, two. And, and I'm not originally from Chicago. So when I moved to Chicago and I was like, oh damn, this is a hot dog town. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, big fan. Awesome. Uh, so yeah. So it was just like, uh, my, yeah, again, my partner Gabe, he was like, we should just, let, let's just reach out to Vienna beef and see if they want to work together. And they were like, um, uh, Hmm. They're like, yeah, totally. Let's do it. <laughs> so you guys ran a, a, an event here that Vienna beef hot dogs were the, the, yes. the special. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We ran an event. Um, <laughs> how many, how many beers were there, drank that weekend the, here? There was a couple of lines involved with that, with that event. Um, but, uh, there was like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of beers involved, uh, a lot of hot dogs involved and, uh, yeah, it's kind of a fun thing and, uh, it, it allows us to kind of like, branch out a little bit, you know, like, again, if you want to go back to one of the first questions you asked about, like, how do you different, you know, like, how do you remain relevant in a super competitive market? It's like, for us, it's like dig deep into the Chicago roots and, you know, help al- you know, align yourself with some other, you know, deep root, very much more than us, <laughs> deep rooted uh, Chicago institutions. Um, so it, it's a super fun project. Uh, the artwork this year is just super fun. I don't think you can see it right now, but there's like a little sport pepper dude that's like staring yeah. out the window. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah we, have, we have the white background of it. Yeah. yeah, we have the white background of the sport pepper dude. I appreciate but. you allowing us to take that home with us. Thank you. <laughs> it's signed, right? Yeah, it will be. Is this uh, so? Is this the first year you guys did that with Vienna Beef, or had you done that in the past? It's it's actually the third time we've done it. I think we did it in 2019. Okay. I think we 2020 didn't happen. Uh, 20 we did it in 2021. We did it last summer, and uh, yeah. So I think this is the third time we've done it. Well, let me know. I want to come next. Well, so 2023, can we do a live show here? Uh, while oh, that's going on, I, I would love that to happen because it'll, I have yet to come for one of these. I've, I'm always out of town when we're, when we do the event. So okay. uh, Weird. I, I have yet to <laughs> actually attend one of these here at half acre. So this you one, haven't been to the Vienna beef half acre collab and you, I know and you I own love, the place. I love hot dogs. <laughs> if, there's an, hot dogs. if there's an event or anything being delivered, right, it's so, gone. So yeah. 2023 <laughs> is going to be the Vienna beef half acre Dude, sipping social live, yeah. live. Event. Definitely, John. Awesome. Are you good with that? Hundred percent. So uh, we'll do it on the we'll do we, it on the patio. We want to go in the very beginning, and we want to and we want to make hot dogs for people. We want to go in the very very beginning, so when the show's over, we can hang out. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So like, Smart. as people are trickling in or whatever. All right. Yeah. Cool. Book it. All right. I'm glad. Thanks. Yeah. I'll talk to your assistant before we leave. <laughs> we'll give her our our business <laughs> card. Yeah. Um, Mike gave the business card to your host, and she's like, "Great." She, she was very nice about it. She's like, she was really nice about it. No, no cap. But I told her that we were here, and, and I was like, here we're uh, we're with the Sipping Social podcast. We're here to interview Matt, and she goes, he knows you're coming. I said he does. 
<laughs> said, you're doing your job very well. It's <laughs> awesome. She found me on the patio. She's like, I called you. I texted you. You're a hard person to find. <laughs> and you're half well, a block, yeah. half a block yeah, away. Yeah, she had to walk a mile to find you. <laughs> yeah. um, now that you guys are like fully rooted, so to give our listeners a little bit of a background, your original brewery was on Lincoln. Uh, and as we piece together that you guys pieced this brewery together with the canning line being like the last final uh, thing that came over from there. You guys miss that location over there? Are you like happy to be here in a bigger space and you feel this is like homey to you? Um, I mean, you, you, you know, there's there's always a level of nostalgia. We had a wonderful run in that building. Um, it, it It's a cool neighborhood. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome neighborhood. It's a little and stinky every now and then, though. Yeah, that's because Jude was there a lot. Uh, <laughs> oh, burns. No, he's it, a good smelling dude. Let's be honest. It's literally there. There's, I mean, if you notice, like Irving Park and Montrose is, they're always being ripped up for water main and sewer oh. issues. Yeah, it's, it's the so, roughest ride driving it, a jeep over there. It yeah. literally is a stinky neighborhood. <laughs> but once you get into the brewery, there's no stink. No. But getting in there, you're like, it Oof. smells great when you walk in. <laughs> Smell the hops cooking of the, the beer yeah that place, every time i went there it was always packed too uh it's a small space uh, well i mean that just means that you're busy which is good yeah yeah no i mean yeah we we, we loved our time there we it was it was uh, uh it was a real i mean i don't know how you say it uh a, a run of a lifetime in terms of like it's awesome the energy that coalesced over those years there in terms of the people that we attracted both people who worked uh, at Half Acre and the customers, it was just a wonderful experience. Uh, you know, the, the energy and, and the vibes there were just, you know, through the roof and it was wonderful to experience it. But um, it's also nice to have everybody under one roof <laughs> and, and kind of simplify and, um, you know, just kind of, and, and focus. So, um, you know, we, we loved our time there and we're honestly, it, and, to turn it over to Hot Butcher is just super special and uh, so dope. It, it's really cool. It's not like it's like turning into condos or something. Yeah, uh, it's it's well, another, they're, another. They're gonna kill it there too. <laughs> oh, they're gonna. And they, and they were like, he was telling me like the, he was like their your biggest like super fan. They're there all the time, and what a dream for him to be able to buy that spot. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Jude would come by all the time, drop off beer, uh, hang out. It's like all art. Everyone at Half Acre knows Jude because Jude is just such a uh, an energy. Again, go back to the energy. You totally. know, it's like the energy that Jude has is is also through the roof. <laughs> he's he's like a magnetic like oh, yeah. dude. You like like you're drawn to him. Like yeah. whether he whatever he's talking about, you're like just like a little bit more. Yeah. Just tell me like a little bit more. It was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Getting after we recorded our last episode with him, the uh, not our last, but the last episode with him, he. Like getting him out of Johnny's basement was impossible. Dude, him he and Johnny hung out were just hanging for like, out. They hung guitars. out and played guitars for like three hours. <laughs> yeah. Like was, so I was about to leave at like midnight and John's I, like, You're not leaving. He was yet. saying something like I'm like, dude, dude, I have to go home. You invited this guy, you gotta stick around. Like half hour later, both Mike and I were like, Let's get out dude, of here. We, we have to go. We have to drive home <laughs> and get get out of here. Not in a bad way, but left he was this guy I don't even know at my house. <laughs> yeah, but you guys become like super best friends in about twenty minutes. That's how cool that guy is. Um let's reel it in. Reel it in. All right, beautiful. Uh, a lot of breweries around here. Obviously, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Do you think that that's like a good thing for competitiveness? Um, good, good competition. Um, is there anybody around here you want to throw shade at real quick, or, or is it just the old "we're all in this together and we're we're making beer, so let's do it together"? Uh, great question. Um, and if you if you kind of look at it, you know, kind of zoomed out, it's like 
yeah, there's too many breweries and you go to, again, you go to the liquor store, it's just a wall of beer. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, you're scratching your head, like, how, how are we going to do this? But then when you zoom in, the benefits of having uh, breweries close by is huge. I mean, Spiteful is right next door to us. You know, we reached out to them and we were like, hey, this building is available. We know you're looking for a space. Like, you should check this space out. So, like, for, like very, you know, locally, it's like the, having Spiteful next to us is awesome because people are just like, People don't just want to go to one brewery, right? You know, it's like the 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 appeal of of like, oh, we can go here and then we can go there is is huge. Um, so there's so much benefits to having having all the breweries. And then if you kind of even locally, you kind of zoom out a little bit from a, like literally our block. It's like you have the whole kind of malt row along Ravenswood, uh, and 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 where where Lincoln Avenue is. So it's uh it's it's a huge benefit to have. Um, breweries that are, you know, geographically close together. It's like if uh, if you're trying to sell beer, you know, it's a challenge. Sure. Um, if you're trying to make beer, if you're trying to create a community around beer, I mean, it, it's awesome to have breweries close by um, because, you know, for us, it's like beer is the, the community aspect of beer is very important to us, both like locally and nationally. It's like we do a lot of work. Um, with, um, you know, the Brewers Association, the Master Brewers Association. So we put a lot of effort into making sure we're doing our part as a somewhat larger brewery. Like, we never think of ourselves as a large brewery, but, you know, we're, we're, we're larger than a lot of the breweries in Chicago. So uh, Yes, you are. We want to we wanna make sure we're doing our part to, to help out the breweries who maybe don't have the resources that we do or the reach that we do. So, um yeah, so for us, it's it's all about community, and uh, it's it's always positive. If if people are doing things that are interesting and unique and authentic, it's like we support you 100, percent and um, you know we want to we want to help out where we can. That's so cool. The the more people and I always talk about this when we have brewers or owners of breweries on. The the more we talk to people about the beer world, we just find out it's a tight knit community, and as long you know, like if you're in it for the authenticity and you want to make good beer. You're gonna have a ton of people who are gonna back you and and hang out with you. Um, the restaurant industry <laughs> is uh, we act like we like you. We, <laughs> if you want to borrow something from us on the block, we'll give it to you, and then we'll just make fun of you when you walk out the door that you forgot to order cherries this week, uh, or or, or sanitizing packets. Or the restaurant that came over and asked if they could borrow some simple syrup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's just cool that that every time we talk to somebody, like you, just find out that like you, there's you're in it together. You know, you want the good stuff. You want everybody to like up the game by somebody making some good beer and then somebody else making some better beer. And then you just, you know, corroborate together or collaborate together where you can and make awesome beer, dude. It's so cool. The same yeah. token, though, you want like other good restaurants around you. It builds up your community of restaurants. So, like, just like you said, you're not just going to one brewery, you're brewery hopping. So, like, <clears throat> If this place has got a wait, they can come to our place. If our place has a wait, or they want to go for get sure, we're, st we're still making fun places. of the people that are asking to borrow simple. Oh, syrup. I'm not stopping that. Yeah, we're we're yeah. definitely making fun of those. I'm so, calling those out Chance every day. <laughs> um, Don't worry, no one's listening. So I, I mentioned the word collaborate. Do you guys ever collaborate? Oh, this cheese question. Right. My bad, I jumped in. What's no, you get? No, 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 go ahead. No, no. I brought it up. Go ahead. I was asking if I get one of these. Oh, get in there. Um, do you guys collaborate with restaurant groups at all? Do you guys ever make oh, beers yeah. that are specific? We're for? really excited for the collab that we decided to do together. We, um, we, we have in the past. Okay. Um, 
And the challenge always is the, the batch size. So uh, we, we've done it a few times and there's sometimes there's some, some there, there's challenges when it comes to like, well, we made this beer, you wanted it all and you can't go through it all. Mm. <laughs> That's that's uh that's a tough problem to have for those those restaurant groups. Yeah, yeah. Our so, restaurant group though has four restaurants. Exactly. And we can commit to having a handle of whatever half acre beer we brew with you. Yeah. So if in the future you are looking yeah. to do something, we would love to be a part of that. Bring some people down here and brew beer with you guys. Now, if that's something you guys don't do uh, or wouldn't be interested in, we wouldn't be. We'll just force it a little bit on you. On the spot. You tell us so no you times. remember, there's yeah. only a couple hundred <laughs> listeners right now. It's not, it's not, no. Um, you know who's listening is Allison Palmer. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let's give a shout out to our, our rep, Allison, For from sure. the Western Suburbs. She kills it. She kills it. Yeah. And she literally tells me, Mike, if you see a beer that comes out, because we're, we saw a ton of your beer, a beer comes out on Instagram and you know about it before, not her, but before it comes out, she's like, just text me if you want it. I did that last week. Boom, it came in last week. It's the whatever the pale ale that you guys have that's uh, seasonal right now. Um, the name is escaping me because I've had one Rumple Mints and two beers. Yeah, maybe Cosmic Ranch. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. So um, I texted her that, and she's like, boom, already done. Yeah. So she absolutely kills it for us. Anytime we do a tap takeover, and by the way, we do tap takeovers with the guys once a year. They always kill. They're always I feel like it's more top. often than that. It should be more often than that. Yeah. But they, we get two or three brewery releases only. Beer is gone in two or three days. Incredible. And you guys kill it for us every time. So to get back to what we were talking about before, we would love to collab with you um, sometime in the future when it's good for you guys' schedule. Our schedule's wide open. We're wide open for that. I like it. Cool. Uh, we can also maybe build it around this uh, uh, Vienna Beef show next summer. <sighs> Now we're talking. I mean, that should be the second time we do it. <laughs> I was going to say that that's a bit Summer's too. A long way that's a bit too now. far in the yeah. future. And I don't care which. Um, I don't care if we have to be there at four thirty or the eleven o'clock or the seven o'clock. No, don't worry. Garrett and I will be the four thirty a.m. crew. We'll yeah, come. Whatever. We'll come whatever. In whatever. We'll whatever, mill it in. Whatever round you want to do it at. Yeah. yeah. I'm in. What kind of beer you want to make? What What do you want to make? Yeah. I'm going to throw that right back to you. <laughs> I mean, we've done a ton of like six percent hazies. Uh, we just made one with Salamote. There was a, a, a New England style of beer with the West Coast influence. So it was like right down the middle, had a little bit of bitterness. I'm yeah. not saying we need to do that. We've done some, we did a nice little Pilsner with um, Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. We did another oh, Pilsner Crystal with Lake Penrose. Rose. Right? Um, yeah. And, and um, Ryan, the head brewer over at Crystal mm-hmm. Lake, that Ryan. dude's awesome. Ryan is awesome. Every time we hung out with that guy, we went to a Bears game with him. Yeah. It was incredible. My f- all time favorite story is our first, Mike and I did our first beer collab ever. We had no idea what we were walking ourselves into. First of all, we walked like in like four minutes late, and yeah. they gave a shit right away. Um, we should have been ten minutes early. It's nine thirty-four. Yeah. Anyway, we walked in. We grained in. Yeah. And then um, Mike and I are looking at him like, "All right, now what?" And he sits down on his chair, cracks a beer. He goes, "What are you drinking?" I'm like, <laughs> "Grab a beer." It's nine oh seven. Here's the tap. Here's yeah. the taps. Just pour whatever <laughs> go, you go, want. Go we're get like, yourself a beer. I'm like, "All right, all right." He's like, "What do we do now?" He goes. We wait 45 minutes. We drink for 45 minutes, and then we <laughs> like, hit some switches and yeah. uh, pull some valves, and then we're good to go. It was so, it was so funny how relaxed he was, but uh, really cool dude, and uh, he makes really good beer. Yeah, Ryan Clooney is amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. a good dude. All right, so next time we do a Crystal Lake collab, you're coming with? Yes, yes. Did you want another beer, Johnny? No, I was thinking, do we want to get into the featured beer? Let's get into oh, some beers. We got like 15, 14 minutes left. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> we've, right. been, we've been ripping through this. We'll so. edit that last 20 minutes out. <laughs> All right. So uh, last question of the interview. When you're not drinking Half Acre products, what are you drinking? Uh, Sierra Nevada. Are you, from yeah, the, are you from the West Coast? No, I'm from New Jersey. Oh. Yeah. Right. But uh, no, see, yeah, to me, it's, uh, when I go to the liquor store, I'm buying Sierra Nevada. Cool. Um, yeah, Pale Ale is incredible. Summerfest. Uh, my in-laws live in the Quad Cities, and uh, my mother-in-law bought a mixed case at Costco, and it had Sierra Nevada Summerfest in it. Yeah. Which, Summerfest is one of my favorite beers, and they stopped sending it out of California like the last two years which I just you know I, I get it you know you gotta do what you gotta do sure uh, but all of a sudden I'm at my in-laws and they got Summerfest I'm like what's going on this is amazing so, <laughs> nice uh, so we bought a couple couple more of those cases at, at the Costco in the Quad Cities awesome, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> gotta take advantage of it while you can right exactly <laughs> beautiful uh, Matt thanks for uh, letting us ask you all those silly questions it's fantastic um, we're gonna get into our yearly industry ebb and flow for our restaurants right now gee what you dealing with right now on your end Eve. Uh, well, we just did. I just finished like the end of like the half year, like second quarter stuff. So I my my job is not exciting to talk about on the microphone. Um, but uh, well, what are, what are reps coming to you about with right now? New uh, products? Oh, they're constantly shoving like gin and random tequila in my face. So gin and tequila—that's yeah. the the next new wave of, yeah, like, of all, all the these like celebrities are coming out with tequila nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the. Um, and like every uh, every like wine supplier has a new rep, so like everyone in the wine world has like changed jobs. It, it seems like it seems like all distributors are like just changing up. No, but like even the specific like brand people who are like okay. just selling this group of wine have okay. all changed. So, so that's a good yeef. Yeah, it's not that exciting for any of us. Yeah, that's yeah. All right. That's all right. But I do feel like that uh, July is like a big vacation month. Yeah. But the restaurants are crazy busy. Yeah. So why isn't I thought everyone goes on vacation? Where's everyone's lake house that they've been going to the last couple of years? That's that's just Glen Ellen. All right. All right. We, <laughs> Wheaton half of Wheaton has lake houses. The other half is out partying. All right. Fair enough. So that's what we're dealing with right now. But so the last uh, time we recorded, we were talking about um, distribution issues. Oh yeah. So breakthrough had resolved their their yeah, strike. Their strike. Right. Their strike so. Board. So now we're, yeah, we're, we're back on to other uh, regular distribution. And then also, we just got our biggest allocation of Sazerac products in, as, a, in a long oh, time. Since, since Pappy came out? No, before the pandemic. Oh, I mean, yeah, you're talking about like, of like the randoms? Just, just in general yeah. of the goodness of whiskey. So well, Social Tomorrow yeah. is about, on Thursday, tomorrow, uh, the 14th, is about to get a large shipment of ridiculously good whiskey. It's like $1,500. Dude, it's a crazy. In and, and one of them is one specific case of a specific booze that we haven't sniffed in a year. Yeah. It should we, to be aged 12 years it? and it's weeded. Yeah, it's called Weller 12. Yeah. In a full case of Weller 12 <laughs> Save me, tomorrow. Same me a bottle. Uh, that'll be $700. Each restaurant got Okay. Get out of here. Dude, it's insane. It's not $700. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. The par- Part of the reason why it's so much, so much is that Sazerac decided that a lot of other products are now allocated, so like you're getting some of those things too, like Thomas More. Thomas, this Thomas More should be that uh, should be allocated. There's still there's still at Woodman's right now from the last drop, so I don't know. Okay. But uh, and the like kosher very, stuff. And like, yeah, the kosher stuff, like a case of that each, yeah. and like the very old Barton is allocated now, which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's this stupid. Is way over your head right now, but like it's like a fifteen dollar bottle. And like we used to buy it by the case during the pandemic. And now you get one now you every get one like every other month. It's being allocated. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that funny? So. Buffalo Trace has over 400 job listings right now. 
while they expanded a $1.2 billion expansion, there's literally like nobody to like work for them to handle. There's more the people that are touring there than there are people working. Yeah. Well, they also have to realize that they're in the sticks and like the whole town already works for them. Yeah. So unless they're going to like transplant like another 500 people into that town. They should do what like Disney does and put up, put up like condos and like have like uh, college kids like do internships there. There you go. Dress up as like bottles of Buffalo Trace. I mean like maybe stack, stack cases or something or <laughs> run go. the bottling line or something instead of having it just be like four old ladies on a 16 foot line. Been working there for 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, making 15 bucks an hour. And they're all sitting down at the same time. Anyway. Sweet. So that's our yearly industry ebb and flow. Lots of good whiskey coming. Garrett's job, we just found out, is not that interesting. It's super It's super boring. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> we won't talk about that, that again. So what is it that you're doing? What is it? <laughs> what do I you take the do? information from I the hope, customer. I hope the owners of Bourbon Belly aren't listening. <laughs> they, they definitely I, don't I listen. A pretty, I had a pretty good day today. I picked out a single barrel. There you go. Yeah. It's going to make us lots of money. It's a good eight-hour day. It's a little bit of a yeast. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say you do here, Garrett? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a people person. (laughs) Sweet. Let's uh, let's drink some half-acre beers. Let's do it. Matt, what did you pick out for us? I've been waiting 53 minutes for this. (laughs) John's beer has been empty for a long time, so... Let's uh, let's drink some of the half-acre beers that you picked out of the beer cooler. Oh, yeah. And Um, actually from the front area where you can actually buy four packs from yeah yeah um always easy to grab it from the shop perfect what do you want to start off with here uh let's start out with the uh the lager town and you know i already said this to you all i'm embarrassed that uh our oktoberfest beer is already in cans uh but that's just the way it is uh and you know the the seasons change quick they change quick before especially the drinking seasons change quick um so uh, this is a beer that is just a huge brewery favorite. Um, I always describe it as we made this beer in in the vein of like um, imagining what people in Germany are drinking during Oktoberfest with never actually going there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So it's actually not it, it is it, it it's it's not even close to. Uh, it's got all the sights and sounds and smells in one can. <laughs> it's kind of like going to Epcot Center, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> drinking around the world and ending at Lager Town. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's an incredible beer, um, and it's just a uh, it's a super malty. It's got rye in it uh, to give it a little little interesting uh, spicy characteristic. The hops are always popping in it, and uh, it's just a real... We're, we're very proud of this beer. Um, so, yeah, this is our Oktoberfest that we're drinking. I feel like it was just 4th of July, and here we are. Cheers, brother. Sipping on some Oktoberfest. And this is available cheers. right now? Uh, uh, no, it won't be available until, I think, like August 1st. So we have a little bit of, of respect. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but, the, you know... Hopefully the, this episode gets released before then. That's true. Yeah. I'll try. No, um, thank you. But the original, we, the original style for this beer was a Novemberfest because it was like September, and we were the first time we made it. We were like, we should brew like an Oktoberfest beer, and it was like after Labor Day, and you know these beers take like six or eight weeks to make. <laughs> so by the time it came out, it was like late October. We're like, let's call it a Novemberfest. <laughs> Whatever people are always asking for Oktoberfest beers, even past October, way past October. You know, they, a lot of times they're all they're all gone and sold out because you only make one run of it. And right. Yep. So I don't think there's anything wrong with starting making two runs of this. Yeah. So this might be a silly question. Is this considered a Marzan or is this more on the fest beer side? Um, 
I'm gonna say neither because it was just like a creation that <laughs> that we we were not really going for any style per se, any any real specific niche. It was just like let's make a super uh, rich amber multi lager that is super well balanced with hops. So. You, you couldn't describe it better than that. That's exactly what I'm getting. It's like the the malts forward. Um, it's complex. It's that's tasty. John, do you like malt forward beers? How's that taste to you? I do. I do. You do? Yeah, I think nice. it's delicious. The one question I had is like, if you were, uh, you know, at at uh, Oktoberfest and you were pouring these beers in Germany, would they be warm? Um, they would not. They would be more on the cold side. Yeah. So they, I, I think that the are you talking about just like warmer, like room temperature beers? In yeah. Europe? Like I feel like that's kind of like a misnomer, though. Like. You've been to Europe. It's like an English thing. Yeah, I every beer I've had was like on the warm side. Really? I feel like. How much in traveling Germany? have you done, Matt? I've never been oh, to Europe. Europe. Yeah. Um, I've done a good amount. Um, you get yeah. you get warm beers in Europe. I feel like in Germany, you know, the the beers are cold. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more like a pub, your London thing. Yeah, London. I I, I think yeah. it's like a like an outdated beer system thing. Probably. Yeah, I mean, they're literally like pumping Probably. the keg yeah. in front of you. Right. Probably. So they're in, like in, Stella in well in <laughs> Dublin they actually put like extra cold Guinness on the handle because Americans think that they're going to drink a room temperature beer. They put oh, extra cold on it. We're ignorant, yeah. Well, I know, but yeah. that's like there's like a, this like misnomer yeah. in the U.S. that like yeah. people but it is, are. It is. Um, it's not. Uh, not. It's not cold like here. It's so not, like not like thirty six degrees. Yeah, I got gotcha. It's not thirty one degrees. Yeah, that's <laughs> those are the really I would say specialty what, tap houses. The, it's the no Twin Peaks cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the ice, the Coors Light is ice cold. When you're uh, when you're drinking a whole liter, though, it's eventually going to warm up. Yeah, true. <laughs> very second, true. The second half that is, is very true. Drinking out of it's very boot. warm. <laughs> it's very warm by that time. The, the boot will warm up, <laughs> and that's so good. I, lo- I love the artwork on this can. Uh, it's it's got your traditional. Well, you get your half acre owl on there. Yeah, we call that the sad squid owl. The sad squid owl? <laughs> I love it, man. The, the, the artwork is always great on your guys' cans. I love should, it. should have grabbed the cold one to drink. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's supposed to be room temperature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Authentic. I think that's it, why I, I didn't reach down for it. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did you want the cold one, G? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> All right, beautiful. Matt, what are we going to have next? Uh, let's go into the Timbo Pills. Uh, I pulled this one out because it's literally not our beer. <laughs> I mean, we brewed it here. Uh, but it was a fun little situation where um, our friends from uh, uh, Highland Park Brewing, they're, they're in L.A. Uh, they make a beer called Timbo. And um, I think last year they invited a couple of people to uh, kind of like brew Timbo at, at, at their breweries. Um, so uh, this year uh, they were like, hey, do you want to brew Timbo? And uh, we were like, hell yeah, that sounds fun. Oh nice! Uh, this is like a beer that they brew with other. So this people. is this is well, this is just yeah, this is just a beer that they make. This is I mean they don't really have a flagship, but if they did, I mean this is maybe the closest they have to a flagship. Uh, so yeah, so Bob over there at Highland Park like gave us all the specific details, like the nitty gritty of like this is how we make this beer. These are the specific malts, the hops, fermentation, yeast, all the brewing salts, like all the specifics. Um, and we went ahead and brewed it on our system. And then it was an awesome story because I was going out to California for a beer fest at Firestone Walker. 
And uh, I was literally on the canning line the day before I was leaving, and we were packaging this. I, we weren't supposed to package the beer until the next week. And they're like, oh, no, we're doing Timbo today. So I literally just grabbed two four-packs, put them in my bag, flew out, to, flew out to LAX. Bob picked me up with a banana and a Topo Chico, which I was like, whoa, what do you like, Those are for you. And I was like, really? I was like, I landed at LA at 9.30 in the morning, and he's like, here, I got you breakfast. And nice. I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. Very cool. And then we brought this beer that was canned l- less than 24 hours ago. <laughs> and then, like, it's their beer. And then we went to the brewery and drank it with with his folks. And uh, it was it was a super fun experience. What do they, what do they think of the beer? Uh, Timbo. Uh, going back to uh, a word I used earlier, they were stoked. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, they were just like, holy shit. Like this is, um, they're like, this is, I mean, I don't want to, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'll leave it at that. They were, they're very happy with it. Perfect. You um, want to toot your own horn too much, <laughs> yeah, but you killed it. You knocked it out of yeah. the park too. This smells yeah, amazing. Yeah, we killed it. Uh, yeah. And the beer, the beer's rad and it's, it's kind of like, I mean, it's a lager beer. They call it a Pilsner, but it's Citra and Mosaic. <laughs> so Dude, the, the hop forwardness the on this. the reason why we like it. Delicious. What's, yeah. the, what's the ABV in this? 5.8. Yeah, yeah, five eight, and it's kind of like this is crushable. Yeah, uh, we make a beer with Citra Mosaic called Smoking Goal. Oh yeah, um, and then this is essentially like Smoking Goal, but with a lager yeast, so it's even more smooth and and crispy, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's tasty. It's, I would it's, like it's a fun one. Definitely want to have this in my cooler on a boat fishing. Johnny's always relating beers to oh. boats. He, yeah, he's like anytime well, we talk about beers, can, anything that if he's you on can, a boat. And you can drink it. Yeah, he loves anything it. you can drink multiple of, ice cold out in the sun, like yes, hundred percent. God, this is so tasty. So yeah, that's Timbo Pills. Uh, super cool. It's good, man. Really good. So is this, this is just like a one-time release? Yep. Is it brewery only release? This is a brewery only release. Yeah, oh, right. Um, so yeah, we just did one batch of it, and um, John just snagged the other two cans <laughs> and put them in his uh, no, bag. You should. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna leave here with a case of that, by the way. Paid for for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. Uh, the the artwork's hilarious. Uh, it's named after I think a former brewery of theirs who now works at a brewery in, in Atlanta called Monday Night Brewing. Um, who actually at, through Half Acre, like we 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 know them from like when we were just starting out. They were starting out at the same time. So anyway, it's it's it, going back to the the brewing community. Full as circle, well, right? You know, it's just like all those little points of contact are just just makes you. They, they make you feel good. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, is there any brewery you haven't collaborated with that you'd like to? Oh, that is a good question. Um, I mean, there's only like 8,000 breweries yeah, in the U.S. So, I know. So I'm, I'm trying to think. Think um, of the Rolodex. Yeah. I, I probably won't be able to come up with anything interesting at the Sierra moment. Sierra Nevada? Um, well, not to toot my own horn. There but, we go. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Let's hear it. Let's go. This is where we could use sound effects, like a, like a horn being tooted. Uh, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Blood that in. <laughs> we were we were super fortunate to take part in one of their beer camps. Dude, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so we we did like the there was one year when instead of like collaborating with this is you know awesome on Sierra Nevada like instead of just collaborating with specific breweries, they collaborated with like regions. So there was like a Midwest uh, one that was put together from uh, Jace from um, oh man. I wish uh, my brain is failing me at the moment. That's all good. Um, well, but thank, uh, well, thanks but for yeah. the invite. I appreciate it. <laughs> there, there, was, there was a bunch of Midwest breweries. We all got together. We were able to collaborate with Sierra Nevada. And uh, so, uh, 
that was a very That's special cool. moment. Dude, how, big, how big time do you have to be to be like, hey, we're going to collab, but we're only going to do it in regions because we can't, we've got too many people who want to collab well, with they're, us. They're totally. one of the OGs, right? Of course. They've, yeah, they've but they've how been awesome is forever. that? That's, just, yeah. that's the clout they got, right? Yeah. yeah. But how cool is that? So dope. Much respect. Yeah. Yeah. That's, All right. that's a good one. Last man. but not least, what do we got to hear? The Vallejo? Uh, Vallejo. Yeah. Vallejo is like, you know, I guess going back to like, what's your favorite half acre beer? Um, for me, uh, Vallejo really embodies a lot of what half acre is all about. Um, this was, this was born out of uh, a trip to San Diego that, uh, a few of us from half acre took and we were just bombing around San Diego County, County in a minivan going to breweries, places like Alpine, Green Flash, which I, I talked to you all about earlier, and uh, Stone, and drinking Sculpin. Um, For sure. And, and just being like blown away by these, these like super aromatic, super flavorful, super dry and bitter poppy beers. And then came back and it was kind of like when we were kind of you know, early on introduced to, to Nelson, the Nelson Sullivan, the hop from New Zealand and just being like, you know, it, it all kind of coalesced together. And I was just like, man, we got to make a ripping West coast IPA with Nelson. Uh, and, um, you know, we had, we had a lot of fun with it and, uh, the artwork on the can incredible, is incredible, incredible. It really embodies the spirit of it. And, uh, yeah, for me, it's just like this, in terms of half acre, you know, it, it doesn't doesn't get much more half acre than this when it comes to Vallejo. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Let's Cheers. drink it together. It's so tasty. I freaking love the can too. John, tell the, the listeners about the can. You're the best at <clears throat> describing the artwork. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just badass. I mean it looks like a uh, you're ripping through like a, a river in South Africa because <laughs> a tree. Um, but no, it's, it's very vector art kind of looking. It's, it's very, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's like water. It's almost like, it almost looks like camouflage. If you're not really like sort of looking at the can then you look at it and there's, oh, there's an actual like nature scene going on. Yeah. Uh, it's very like mostly blue, but then it's got that sort of camo tan earthy sort of textures in it. You can't miss it. Vallejo IPA from half acre summer release. Freaking delicious. Uh, we ripped through kegs of this in like three days at social. It's Sweet. just gone whenever as, it comes out. the person on. who changes the menu, I can attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. Garrett, <laughs> Garrett changes. <laughs> he does change the menu. I thought I just took this on. Yeah. And, and it's gone. Yeah. And uh, it's back on. Um, dude, the, my favorite part about these three beers is the balance of them. Um, you got your crisp craft beer, the Timbo, that you can crush. You got your Lager Town, a couple, two, three of those sipping on at the end of the night when the sun's going down. And then you got your West Coast IPA and Vallejo, all super balanced. And one of the things that I'm learning the more that I drink beer is that the style doesn't necessarily matter. It's about how the beer finishes, the taste of it, and how clean it is. All three of these are freaking phenomenal. And I know that the Timbo is a, a brewery release only, but for our listeners, you guys coming out with the, with the <clears throat> with the Oktoberfest beers, Lager Town should be number one on your list. If you're going to have some sort of crushable West Coast IPA, Vallejo should definitely be on the list. It's phenomenal. 
Sweet. And I will point out that Vallejo is also a ween. It's a legendary ween song. I'm not sure if you're all familiar with the band ween. I am. Yeah. 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 Familiar with the band, but I didn't know that the name comes from that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a two-part name. Uh, And and ween just played two nights in Chicago uh, in the spring, and they rocked out of Vallejo, and it was was awesome. Were you there? (laughs) I was there. My good friend. Uh, but there's also uh, there's a husband and wife um, uh, artist team from uh, New Hope, Pennsylvania. Uh, Boris uh, and shoot, I forget his wife's name, but Boris Vallejo, uh, and we have a big banner of one of his. Uh, he has he has some crazy like almost like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, Predator style like machine gun uh, artwork. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the Vallejo legend is is is, is strange and uh, and fun. That's dope, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. Johnny, what was your favorite beer out of that? Honestly, I think the Vallejo. The Vallejo? After, after the IPA? I don't know, man. Yeah. I thought like the Timbo would be for sure your favorite. Well, that's, I mean... The Timbo is mine, for sure. Dude, the Timbo is so crushable. I could drink that all day. I don't know. Both those beers I want. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Here, put this in your pack. But uh, the, the Lager Town is, is the delicious, too, but it's just not my not my cup of tea as far as like That a, malt forward, yeah, right? Yeah, that malt forward. Yeah, because you like Coors Light. You kind of hinted on that. Know, yeah, I'm, I'm not sorry. a malt forward kind of guy. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to throw you under yeah, the yeah. bus, but I know that that's I try to work style. around it, but now it came right back around. But it's tasty, though, right? Yeah. Flavor's good? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. G. Uh, the the Timbo for sure. Timbo. The, out of what we tried, I mean the 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 Tome is still number one. Yeah. And that that it's gonna take a momentous occasion for that to get knocked off. But nice. I I cracked. I'm not gonna lie to you. I cracked this Timbo before we started trying out the beers, and I'm I'm not letting it out of out of sight. <laughs> the latex gloves <laughs> playing the guitar. Yeah. Let it go. I'm drinking this until it's gone. Dude, that Timbo is so crisp. Probably gonna buy some on the it's way. It's incredible. Out. Well, we're de- I'm definitely going home with some of that. The uh, in about a month. Uh, I'm gonna be down for this Lager Town as as soon as the, uh, the the season changed. I'm gonna be down for that. But the Vallejo too is incredible. Bottom line: Half Acre makes incredible beer. Everybody drink more Half Acre. Come drink more Half Acre at sipping at a social. Come drink more Half Acre at Maze when Garrett's out on Monday nights. He'll pour you a pint. For sure. Right. Yeah. For sure. I per- I've, I can't. I thrive on getting a, a draft beer ticket. Because I'm so stuck making cocktails the entire time. I need, the best, some, I need something to catch up. Best cocktail you poured all night. <laughs> yeah, oh Was God. it a half acre <laughs> daisy cutter, right? Struggling for a ticket that says beer or wine on it. All right, let's wrap it. So obviously, being a half acre, this is the creme de la creme. It's my mecca. I love your beer. Matt, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Um, Garrett gifted you a couple bottles to go home with as far as whiskey goes. Oh, epic. We want to know about what you think about them, your wife thinks about them, or the your customers or your totally. uh, employees know about them. Yeah. Um, we love it. We love what we do. Thanks for having us and showing us a good time. Uh, this has been absolutely amazing. Gee, what you got? No, thank you so much. Definitely crack those sooner rather than later. There's no reason to hold on to them. We got lots more if you need more. That's exactly right. When you run out of those, we'll bring you more. Yeah. Sweet. J- Johnny, what you got? Yeah, we appreciate your time, man. You got an amazing space here. It's pretty impressive. And uh, let us hang out in the executive suite. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lis- listeners, take care of your bartenders. Take care of your servers. Uh, drink responsibly. We're always encouraging that. Uh, we told you 2022 was going to bring the thunder as far as interviews go. We got more coming up. Garrett's got a couple lined up. More breweries coming on with us. Uh, 
We uh, we got the, the the live podcast is going to come up in September. We're going to release that date soon. Everybody, stay tuned. Uh, Matt, you got anything else you want to plug for your uh, badass brewery while we're sitting here? I uh, just want to thank you all for coming out, making the trip, and uh, this whiskey looks incredible. Awesome, dude. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, guys. Be good to each other. We really appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. Love you. Cheers. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners, our families, and friends that support us. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Big thanks to our producer, Johnny, in the Underground Studio. Also, shout out to Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rocking music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. Pump a rope. I'd do another one if you wanted to. <laughs> I'm good, but you guys should definitely do another one. Oh boy. I guess we could do well when the music's playing. <laughs>